Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. How are you doing, Leslie? I'm doing fine. Thanks. So we're starting to see some hope starting here um, with the whole, you know, global pandemic. What do you think is becoming possible here in this sort of new new phase of it? Yeah, it's, uh, well, first of all, I wish I could had counted the number of times that I've been hearing the phrase cautious optimism in the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Underscore the word caution like multiple times, mm-hmm. but things are changing. Uh, more, I, I know more and more people myself uh, within my family and friends and our congregation who have received the first vac- the first dose of the vaccine and are waiting for the booster. I think every time someone comes back with that news, you know, we feel a little more infusion of hope for that person and also for all of us. So I think that's good news. And uh, I, I think there's, you know, we're starting to see a change in the rate of infections. I mean, this is still a very deadly disease, yet uh, a deadly virus, and yet we're we're starting to see some change there. So I guess, really, I would say that for the first time in many months, I'm now really starting to allow myself the freedom to think about what could programs look like, what could outreach initiatives look like that would help us to sow some seeds of hope. Because in these past months, we've been under lockdown and for good reason. That's been a way that we can keep people safe by, you know, obliging all of the quarantine protocols. We're going to continue to need to do that, but but I do think now there's a change in place. And, and so I guess I'm thinking about this phrase, sowing seeds of hope. And I'm really excited about that prospect. Absolutely. So what kind of seeds of hope? We're using this sort of uh, this language today. What? How do we see that in the prophets? So, you know, I think we've got these great traditions within our within. Christian heritage of, you know, as you say, the, the the great biblical prophets and the ministry of Jesus and the saints across the centuries. So uh, we can look back at, at their lives and ask the question, so how did they go about that? And I've been reading a really lovely book, I think, that's been helping me to, to think about this. It's called The Time Is Now, A Call to Uncommon Courage. And the author is Joan Chittister. Um, she's a Roman Catholic nun. She's a very progressive uh, advocate for social justice, and I really have enjoyed her writings over the years. But she makes a comment about the prophets. Um, She says that the the prophet will persist for as long as it takes to make the present what God intends it to be, as well as to prepare the future to maintain it. So her little book uh, is all about digging back into the prophetic tradition to look for the seeds of hope that they planted in some cases 2,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago. And those seeds, you know, still are still vibrant. And uh, so I've been looking at, at her book, trying to think about getting some inspiration for the future. And she talks about some of the great classic prophetic values like taking risks and having a great vision for the future that's good for all people. And, um, you know, compassion, those are all very, very important to her. 
Yeah. I think for me to speak personally, I think as we talk about the idea of things opening up again, I have to admit, I feel overwhelmed Mm. by this idea. I feel like I've just maybe now adjusted to this new air quote, new normal. And I know how hard it was to adjust, how difficult and how, how much just like work it took to feel like, okay, I'm okay every day. Um, And so I will admit that part of me does not feel hopeful in the sense of like the new adjustment again, Mm -hmm. because I know that it's not going to look like it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how can we take this idea of hope and use it as sort of an encouragement if maybe some of us are feeling that way? Yeah. What a great point. I mean, just as we sort of get used to, hunkering down now we're being told that maybe things can open up again and there's a part of us that thinks no that's okay i'm (laughs) I'm okay hunker down you know i can stay this way for a while i guess one analogy i would use uh, someone told me recently after she had stayed and had a a relatively brief hospital stay she got back home and she said she could not believe how much muscle tone she lost in a very Mm. short stay in the hospital i mean she got well But on the other hand, she really felt like she had kind of lost ground in other ways. And I think that's that is an interesting analogy for what we've been through. We've been you know, things have been dampened down. So we've gained in one sense because of that. But we've we've lost some other things. And I think our you know, our muscles for hope are not what they were six months, eight months, 10 months ago. And it's going to take time, as you point out, to go slowly at this. And we certainly don't want to start jumping into new initiatives that we can't sustain because we may not have the stamina for it. And uh, as Joan Chittister points out, there's one thing about the prophets. They had stamina (laughs) and uh, they had staying power. And we want to develop that. But to your point, we're going to have to we're going to have to proceed cautiously and deliberately so that we can get back to full strength or even reach greater strength. Yeah. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. Finding something new and stronger in it. I remember when we were, when things first shut down, the idea of, oh, when we all get out of this, we're going to have the amazing parties we're going to have and this and this and that. And I'm at a point now where if I'm teaching and a kid gets within like three feet of me, I like physically recoil. Yes. And it's not that I don't adore these kids. Of course I adore these kids, but I'm like, I haven't had a human that isn't my husband in a space that, that like, get out of my space. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm a hugger, you know, yeah. and I like being near people normally. And so for me, it's, it's like this strange new thing of like, no, you need to be in your space. I'm going to be over here. This is fine with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't you think we're going to have to develop a very sensitive outlook towards all social relationships? Because right. what is hopeful in terms of interaction for one person might not be hopeful for another. And yeah. I was at the library the other day when collecting a book. I mean, they've got this great system where you can go collect your books, you know, from a cart that's outside. And one woman had gone forward to collect her book and there was a man behind her. Um, He wasn't going to stand just six feet behind her. He was about 66 feet behind (laughs) her. And I thought, okay, I get it. That person is going to create a very wide zone around Mm -hmm. himself. And, uh, 
you know, that's going to have to be respected going forward. There's going to be a lot of social maneuvering and having to check in. I, I've had people say to me, they don't know if they're ever going to shake another person's hand again, you know? Sure. And, yeah. So those are the kinds of questions. And when, and when we think about reaching out to the world with hope and love, which is such a driving force in all of the great religious traditions, we're going to have to really prepare the way before we do that. That's yes. not going to be, it's not an automatic thing. We're going to have to keep checking with people about that. Absolutely. And I never thought I would have the amount of rage I do when I see people not following the arrows in the grocery oh store. Goodness. Yeah. I cannot with that. <laughs> I can't. I it, <laughs> Just, I, of course, this is, this is such a silly story, but I'm sure everyone has been through this where there was a woman at the grocery store the other day and I was following the arrows because I am nothing if not super obedient. And this woman comes raging down oh. against the arrow and then looks at me like, you're in my way. And right. I was sort of like, no, no, no. you know, she leaves. And of course I mumble under my breath because apparently wearing a mask makes me a mumbler now. Also, I kind of go. Nah, 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 nah. So then I go down the other aisle. She does the same thing. She's nothing if not consistent. <laughs> nothing. And I, I, at this point, and I just, I said, I said, ma'am, there are arrows. I went full Southern and called her ma'am. I can tell, I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. Ma'am, there are arrows. <laughs> And she, I, I think she growled at me. Oh, <laughs> it was just, it was, it was the opposite of hope. So I look forward to not having the arrows. So I don't have the existential rage of people not following the arrows. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need those arrows for a while. And clearly they're not always going to work. <laughs> well, and I also feel like I'm, I'm completely derailing our conversation. I'm so sorry. But I also feel like in some grocery stores, you have big, wide uh, aisles. This is not that grocery store. This is a real, it's a very tight one. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's just, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to not feeling, if I am hopeful at this point, I will find hope in not being angry about that anymore. <laughs> See? The conversation has come around. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I think, uh, so I'm Social negotiation, <laughs> right? But you know, it's it, it and it comes ties back to our grace conversation of just sort of being open to these ideas. Yeah. Um, so please get us back on track. Um, <laughs> would you? Are there people in your life? Since I made it about me, in in your life, who have who have sown seeds of hope for you? There are, but you know, I really, I really appreciate your your take on this because I actually had a very similar experience recently. You know, and it is, it, it can be memorable depending on how it all turns out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, first of all, there there have been some people. I'd, I'd name a couple, but just before I do that, I had someone say something to me recently that really struck home. He said, "You know, usually when churches engage in any kind of outreach, they they always come back." And they talk about what that meant to them, you know, like it made us feel so good to do that. And we enjoyed it. And we felt like we had purpose. And that's fine. But he said, you know, it's always good to ask the people who are on the receiving end. How did that feel to you? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it may not feel so great. You know, the person on the receiving end may say, you know, I, I love the fact that you were here and that you helped us. But it kind of made me feel 
you know, even more aware that I don't have great resources or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we're becoming more conscious, I think, in our social interactions that we have to pay attention to both sides of that of that equation. And I guess one person who really helped me to see that early, fairly early on in my life was Jim Cohn. He was um, an African-American professor of theology at Union Theological Seminary in New York. And he tried to look at everything through the lens of what he called the God of the oppressed. And uh, he said, you know, pay attention in your life when you're whenever you're trying to reach out. How does this other person see this interaction? And you may be bringing seeds of hope. But what how does that person interpret that and ask that question? Make sure that you understand that. And I guess another person who did that for me was another teacher at Union who became a really, really good friend, Jim Washington, um, he died, unfortunately, when he was quite young. He was an African-American professor of church history, wrote a beautiful book of collection, a collection of writings of Martin Luther King Jr. called A Testament of Hope. It's the standard uh, for Martin Luther King Jr.'s, you know, collected writings. And Jim was always a person <clears throat> who just showed such grace. And, you know, I, I would love to see how he would navigate were he alive today, those, these kinds of interactions we're having in stores or, you know, out in public, uh, because I think he would probably find some way to bring a really thoughtful question into those interactions. <laughs> and I would just love to know one of them so I could use it myself. But um, these two people, I think, were always saying that the, that the central force of the gospel is to be good news to the poor. You know, it's good news with the poor and with those who are oppressed and disenfranchised. And uh, this is a really, really important time in the life of our country and the wider world when so many people have been affected, whose lives have been devastated at so many levels by COVID-19. How can we come together and reframe our social co contract and covenant with one another so that everyone feels like this is a place of hope, you know, and they can look to the future with that. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to, sowing some seeds of hope and doing it in the most respectful and gracious <laughs> way possible, even in the grocery store. Even in the grocery store. Now that's some hope. That right is hope. There. <laughs> Well, I have, I mean, I, I, I do, I, I will say looking back, I, I get, I find a source of hope being from how we as a church team, as, mm -hmm. as the staff have all just, I feel like we're working to, together almost better than ever. I agree. Um, yeah. I feel like, I mean, your, your leadership and how we all just, are doing our best individually and together. And I, I'm just, I find hope in, in us, in, mm. in this environment where it's such a, it feels like the work we're doing means something yeah. um, and connects to people on a real level. So that's, that's where I find hope. That's well said. And I completely agree. And I think that I love the reference to the word us, you know, this is uh in our very me-driven society, we're getting to discover the power of the words we and us. And I just hope we continue to do that because as we do so, we will discover more and more reasons to be hopeful about the future. Thanks, Ed. I think that's a perfect spot to leave it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie. Blessings to all. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.